Welcome to the underground, a place to hear the word of God before you go six feet underground, a place to get into the word of God so the word of God can get into you. And who am I? Just the voice of one calling out saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Luke chapter five and verse 32 says, I have not come to call righteous, but sinners to repentance. Acts two and 38 says, and Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. Jeremiah 25 and verse 4 and 5 says, Again and again, the Lord has sent you his servants, the prophets, but you have not listened or even paid attention. Each time his message was this, repent from the evil road you are traveling and from the evil things you are doing. I say all this to say that I'm not preaching anything new tonight. I'm not going to say anything new to you guys that you probably have not heard since you was a little child. I'm just another voice coming from the underground. Thank you for coming out. All right, you guys. Do me a favor. Y'all already know what I'm about to say. Take your nutty professor finger and please let me know if you can hear me good. Please, I just want to make sure I sound good. All good. Okay, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Man, this week, man, I've been having some uh, some beefs. Let me tell y'all a quick background story real quick. I had went to, uh, you know, I went to the gym and... Every once in a while, I see some people in the gym, and I just be like, uh, you know, chop it up with them. The Spirit of God to draw me to them, and you know, try to present the word of God to them, or you know, present the underground to them. See if they have somewhere to go to listen to the word of God. So, me and this guy, we start chopping it up, and uh, had a good conversation. We, you know, I figured he was a believer the way he was talking to me, and. You know, he knew I was a believer, so we had a great conversation. Gave the guy my uh, card where he can download the underground and everything. And I also gave him my number because I was like, hey, uh, if you text me and want to come to the uh, Bible study on Monday, just let me know and I'll send you the link. And I mean, it was all good. It was all cool. So, uh, <laughs> hold on, let me let somebody in. Uh, welcome to the underground. Appreciate you coming out. But anyway, so it was all good and everything. Man, he texted me <laughs> and he was like, he heard my message and he said, I mean, he just basically, he was rebuking me, y'all. He was calling me all type of devils. He was talking about uh, how I start off, I'll come and then I turn into a madman and I'm not preaching the true gospel. He was talking about I need to preach Jesus. I mean, he was rebuking me, y'all. I was like, man. And then I, uh, at my job, I had a situation with somebody. You know, they were telling me I was being very, uh, who is this? Oh, somebody I met at the gym, bro. Somebody I met at the gym. He had listened to the underground. He listened to 40, he said he listened to like 30 minutes. And that was his uh, conclusion. That I was a madman and I was, uh, <laughs> he said I was some type of madman and I need to, uh, preach Jesus the right way and stuff like that. 
And then somebody at my job was coming at me hard too, man, talking about I'm very insensitive the way I talk about God and everything. So, of course, these type of things going to really make you question yourself, you know, because I'm like, man, do I really be saying, I really be like sounding like a madman, you know? So, you know, my wife, she had my beautiful wife, shout out to my beautiful wife, uh, you know, encouraging me and letting me know, hey, man, this this message ain't going to be for everybody, you feel me? So uh, then I just talked to God about it. Because, again, I don't want to be like turning people away from God. But what God is showing me and what God is trying to teach me is the level of intensity of this world and evil that we are in. The believers like, going to tomorrow, or like, do you want to do it today? Hey, do me a favor. Y'all put that on mute for me. If y'all don't mind. Go ahead and put that on mute for me. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. But the uh, level of intensity that this world is coming against you, you're going to have to match that intensity. You definitely going to have to match that intensity. And so people are sitting here worried about the tone that you say things in, but are they listening to the truth? Are they listening to the truth? We have watered down the truth so much that if it doesn't come in a therapy session, we kind of like don't want to hear it. Or are we going to say you're not saying it in a very polite way or things like that? I want our ears. God is training our ears to hear truth. That is what's going to guide you in your next season, believers. Truth. There's not going to be any falsehood. See, we have to understand that God doesn't operate in falsehood. We do. And we have to accept that and we have to come to that uh, realization that we as humans operate in falsehood and confusion. God doesn't. And so we don't need to bring his character down to our mindsets. In Isaiah chapter 55 and verse 8, a familiar verse, but let the Holy Spirit speak to your hearts again when we say this verse. Check it out. It says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. That's what God is saying. The way we think about certain things, the way we view certain things, the way we feel about certain things. Because we say that a lot when we talking about the world. Well, I feel that he was talking. It's not about our feelings when it comes to the word of God. LMA. It's not about the feelings. He says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways. See, God moved differently than how we move. That's why we must be up under, you know, a good home church. That's why we must be committed to our brothers and sisters in the faith. Why? Because we're trying to learn the ways of God. Our flesh ain't really trying to learn the ways of God. Y'all know that. We all know that. Our flesh really ain't trying to do the things of God. 
Show of hands, who Flesh wanted to act up this weekend? Show of hands. Go ahead and raise your nutty professor hand. Your Flesh wanted to get into some things. It wasn't trying to always do the, uh, just think about the things of God and always try to do the ways of God. That is our Flesh for you. That's what we living in. That's what we're living in. I'm going to read 2 Timothy chapter 3 and 16 for you. I'm going to read 2 Timothy chapter 3 and 16. Again, so what, what, what the Holy Spirit is doing right now is, is laying the foundation with the word of God. And we go build on it as we go through this, uh, this podcast tonight. We just go build on these scriptures. So we can get a better understanding where we are and where God is in our life. Where we are, where we actually are, and where God is. 2 Timothy 3.16, it says, all scripture is God-breathed. All scripture is inspired by God. So the scripture that we're reading tonight, it has been inspired by God. So if you have a mindset, if you have a thought that think man has wrote this, see how we got we to we battle that mindset tonight. Because the word of God is saying, I have inspired this word. It is my essence on this word. My DNA is on this word. My character is on this word. And you've been watching too many black conscious videos and they telling you some white man wrote this word. Lucy, a devil. That's a lie. Again, all scripture has been inspired by God. So when I come to read the scriptures, I'm not coming in my feelings. This is what I'm coming for. And it's useful to teach. I'm coming to the word of God to be teached by him. What is what am I coming to be teached by? I'm coming to be teach his ways and his thoughts. Why? Because they're higher than mine. So that's why I come to the word of God. Then it also says it teaches us what is true. The word of God is going to teach you what is true. Is going to line up your life. And if you line up your life to the word of God, it's going to be able to pick some things apart and let you know what's true and what needs to be out of there. Then it also says, for rebuking. The word of God is going to rebuke you. And again, that's something that we just don't like as people to be rebuked. We don't like to be told what to do. I get it. But the word of God says, humble thyself under the mighty hand of God. Humble thyself. If you have a mindset of, if you have a neck that always gets a shifting and moving when some 
somebody is coming with the word of God to rebuke you and it's rebuking you so you can come into the truth and knowledge of God. You got to correct yourself. It's for teaching, rebuking, correcting again. It's going to correct certain things in your life. That's why the message of repentance in our pagan society is not welcome. Repentance is basically is rebuking the human society these days. When you come to tell people that they have to repent, it's basically telling them, hey, you need to change your life around. You need to get your life in correction with God. In the mindset of us, the way we was raised, the way we have trained our mind, we're not trying to hear that. But it's trying to train us. The word of God begins to train us in righteousness. Let's take it to the uh, corner. When you go to the gym, you're training yourself to lose weight. You're training yourself to get a nice body. And you consistently have to do these things in order to see the results. In order to receive the results that you want to see. The word of God, you're going to have to consistently train yourself if you want to see the results of the kingdom of heaven in your life. So some of y'all believers, we go to the gym of God. We'll go one day and then we'll just, you know, fall out for the next week. And then we'll say, you know what? I think I need to get back to the gym. You're not really going to see any real effects. If you own and off with this thing of training yourself in righteousness. And check this out. Say if you had a trainer, right? And the Holy Spirit is our trainer. But say if you had a physical trainer and you are always flaking on him or her. You'd be like, oh, I'm going to show up. And then when it's time to show up to the gym to get your workout on so you can be better in your health, you don't show up or you say you're tired or you say you don't feel like it. The trainer is uh, pretty much is not going to start. It's, it's like, OK, I'm not going to take this person seriously. I'm not going to invest my energy and time in this person because they're not serious. Let's go to the spirit. See, when God sees people like that, you think he's taking you seriously? Because he knows you can be serious about things. He said, I see that you, I, I know that you can be serious about things. I see how serious you is with your relationships. I see how serious you is with your uh, vacations. I see how serious you is with your sugar daddies. I see how serious you is with your late night flings. I know you can be serious about things, but when it comes to the kingdom, you be flaking on me. You be flaking on me. What's up with that culture? What's up with that H town? What's up with that New York? What's up with that LA? What's up with that shot town? Cause you know, the word of God is going everywhere right now. 
especially if we grew up in this, right? Or we know about it. See, our ancestors taught about this already. We already know about this. When you're in your see your twenties, it, it you know it's cool. You can you can you can you can look play around. God say I weak my eye at you. In Acts chapter seventeen, uh, seventeen and verse thirty, God said I wink my eye at you for a time. I wink when when you did certain things. He was just like okay, I see. You. I'm a, I'm gonna let you make it. But see, when it's time, when we get in our 30s and when we get into that age and we creeping up into our 40s, God saying, hey, what's up? What you going to do? Ladies, I know you love asking this question. What are we? God is asking a lot of believers today, uh, what are we? I mean, what are we doing? Are we going to get serious? Are we go? God is asking a lot of believers, are we going to get married? Are you, you going to commit to me? I mean, what are we doing? Hmm? God is asking, just like we ask those people that we are in our relationships with, right? What are we doing? I'm going to need a commitment from you. Before I invest any more time into you, before I invest any more resources into you, before I invest any more of my kingdom into you, before I break bread with you, God is saying, uh, I, I'm going to need a commitment. I'm going to need a commitment. And we have been so used to dealing with humans that honestly, that's how we start dealing with God. It's just, it's just rolled over. And now that's how we starting to treat God. We deal with him like when we feel like it, when we need something, you know, he sometimes is our last resort. Some of us, uh, especially, uh, I told y'all, because the rela relationships is the God of our society. One of the gods of our pagan society is relationship. So some of us, when we get in our relationship, we tell God, I'm going to holler at you later, God. But if this don't work, I'm going to come holler back at you, though, God. We don't say it like that, but our actions proves that. If it don't apply, let it fly, by the way. If it don't apply, let it fly. But let the word of God speak to your heart. Speak to my heart, Lord. You know? But to the people out here who are worrying about a tone of things and worrying about how you present this gospel, here's some hard facts for you. The word of God is going to be offense, offensive to the human nature, period. It's going to be offensive to the human nature. Jeremiah 17 and 9 says, the heart is deceitfully wicked above all things. Who can know it? That is the nature of us.
And until you can strip down that mindset of you have a certain good nature that you can come to God just anytime you want, you're going to continue to have this uh, difficult relationship with the holiness of God. Can you walk up on uh, President Biden right now? Answer that question. If you want, if you can just, can you just walk up on President Biden right now? Just, hey, what's up, Biden? What's good? Can you just walk, walk up on Barack right now? Hey, what's up, Barack? What's good with you? Nah, you can't. Procedures you have to go through. Probably some background checks you got to go through. See what I'm saying? So our culture, our society has adapted a mindset and think, hey, we can just roll up on God any type of way, anytime we want. Can that man just roll up at your house anytime he want? He better call first, right? He better check first, right? He better come correct, right? Can that lady just pop up at your house? Well, some of y'all got some ladies popping up at your house right now. You, you, you need to get that right. I'm talking to a brother right now. You got some ladies just popping up at your house. You definitely need this message of repentance. That is not the life to live. Whoever I'm talking to, whoever God, God talking to somebody right now, he said you got people popping up. That's not a good look for a brother. That's not a good look. Go ahead and handle that. I think you better let it go. Go ahead and let that go. So let me read a couple more scriptures. Let me keep moving and grooving through this scripture, though. First Corinthians chapter two and 14. Check out what the word of God is saying. Not what I'm saying. To all you angry folks. Not what I'm saying. Check out what the word of God is saying. See, over here at the underground, it's thus says the Lord. That's why I'm just a voice. That's why you never see me show my face. That's why you never see me say my name. Why? Because it's thus says the Lord over here. What is God saying? I've heard the opinion of everybody else all my life. I heard the opinions of what I think. There's a way to seem right unto a man, but the end there is, is death. I see what my thinking give me. So let me see what God says. It says in 1 Corinthians 2, 14, the person without the spirit does not accept the things that come from the spirit of God. When you see people rejecting, rejecting, God, rejecting the word, rejecting this message of repentance, that is not nothing new. Jeremiah was preaching. Isaiah was preaching it. Hosea was preaching it. This, this is nothing new. The disciples was preaching it. So when you see people rejecting it, this is what it's saying. They do not have the spirit of God in them. And it says, but consider them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the spirit. They are not being, dis they have no discerning spirit. They can't even understand what God is saying to them. That's a scary place to be in, by the way. Very scary place to be in.
have you been discerning the season that you're in? You have to discern the seasons and times that you're in right now, or you're going to be stuck there. You're going to be stuck there. How do I know that? Because our ancestors were stuck in the wilderness for 40 years. We're not a zip for that. Just simply disobeying the voice of God, simply disobeying the message of God. They were stuck in the wilderness for 40 years going around and around and around and around. Has your life looked like that lately, believer? Be honest with yourself. Got to be honest with yourself. This is where healing comes. When you accept the truth, then you'll be able to open your eyes and then be able to see where you really at. Because social media tells me you're at 100. But when I really examine your life, when the Holy Spirit really examines your life, you're really at a 50. You really have insufficient funds. <laughs> oh, praise God. First Corinthians 1.18. Listen to how the world is going to receive this message in these days. For the message of the cross. The cross. Tell me, are you hearing that even in churches these days? The cross. Something that we have to and must identify with every day because he says, pick up your cross and follow me daily. But that message, just picking up the cross and following him daily, that message in our pagan society today is foolish to people. You come to them telling them, pick it up daily. They're like, what? I, I mean, I'll pick it up on Sunday. <laughs> and that's for a couple of hours. Because then after that, I got to go to brunch. So I pick it up for a couple of hours, but I got to go to Sunday fun day. I'm not picking it up daily. That's foolishness to the minds of believers. So when you come with the teachings of Christ in the cross, they looking at you like you're crazy. They saying you being harsh. It's foolish to those who are perishing. But to us, which is you guys, who are being saved, it is the power of God. See, the power of God is in the cross. The power of God is in you picking up that cross every day. You begin to see the power of God work in your life. You haven't seen the power of God work in your life, believer, because you keep leaving the cross at home. You leave it at the church. You know you're supposed to take that cross home with you, right? You left it on the uh, the chairs at church. You left it in the choir church. You left it in the choir uh, seats. You left it on a pew, your cross. You're going to have to pick it up. Yeah. See, when you start to explain these 
teachings of Christ to people, it'll it it, it can it can make people make an honest decision of okay, let me see if I really want to do this. You know, let me see if I really want to do this because he is asking a lot, right? In your own private time. In your own private time, just go through the sins of Jesus. <laughs> You'll be like, what? Like, seriously, just go through and just see what the, the type of stuff Jesus was saying. He's required. He, he requires a lot from us. That's why he said, you got to seek me with your whole heart. You can't come half hearted with me. You can't serve two masters with me. Yeah. Right. But let's take it to the corner real quick so I can give you a better understanding of what I'm saying. When when somebody is seeking you, right? You let them know, look, 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 I, I, I'm the whole package. That's how we feel, right? I'm the whole package. You can't be talking to this and that and that and that and you're trying to seek me. I need all your attention. I need all your time. I need all your emotions. Right. <laughs> That's how we feel, right? Yeah, we don't want, we we tell the people, uh, uh-uh, I, I ain't trying to share share you with nobody. And some of us real crazy. We we get mad when they talking to their they mamas now. <laughs> you know, y'all, we got real crazy folks. They try to take you away from your family and all that. Uh, matter of fact, I'm talking to somebody right now. The Holy Spirit talking to somebody. Uh, get up out of that relationship. They don't want you talking to your sisters. You can't talk to your mama. Uh, uh-uh. uh, that uh, uh-uh. uh. You got to let that go. You've been praying about something. Well, here goes the uh the uh answer. God say, let that go. You can't go to none of your uh your functions for your family, can't go to the family reunion. People ain't seen you in two and three years. They got you locked away. And they threw away the key. This ain't Acon locked up. They won't, they sure ain't letting you out. You can't go nowhere. You gotta let that go. They go your they go your freedom right there. God is saying, let that go. Let it go. I can't, uh-uh, I can't be in this. Tell somebody say, I can't be in this. Uh-uh. I can't even go to Walmart without them asking, where you at? Where you at? <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm not playing. You know, you can't even go up to where you at. Where you coming home? Uh never. That's when I, I ain't coming back. Okay, let's keep on moving and grooving through this word. Romans chapter 8 and verse 7. Again, we're just reading the scripture. That's it. We're just reading the scripture. But look what the word of God makes people. I was just talking about that man at the gym, how hostile he came at me, telling me, again, telling me I was, I'm pre, I'm a demon, and he, he was pleading the blood against me. I say, wait a minute, how you gonna plead the blood against I'm just talking about repentance. But the mind governed by the flesh is hostile towards God. I wasn't looking at that man. All I seen was a mind governed by the flesh. I, when, when he was speaking to me like that, I say, oh, this is a life who doesn't want to change. This is a mindset who doesn't want to change. He has strongholds. He's been living, because he was an older man, by the way. He's been living a certain way. So he don't want to change. He feel like his way, which it says, there's a way to seem right. So he feel like his way is right. 
And some of us are living like that right now. You get hostile when a messenger come and tell you, thus says the Lord. They are always judging. Why they sound so hateful? They need to preach in love. You're worrying about that? You're worrying about the tone? What about the message? God is trying to bring you a message so your life can be a messenger to people. But your life can't be a message to people because you don't want to receive the message of God. Do you understand when you open your mouth, woman of God, man of God, it is supposed to impact lives, period. It is supposed to shift the culture. It is supposed to shift family. It's supposed to draw lines. When you open your mouth, when you begin to uh, speak about the things of God, what you do in the spirit is you drawing a line. And so now you start to have people who say, uh, I ain't finna deal with him. Mm -mm, I don't like her. She too. Yo, that's what happens when you open your mouth. It is the power of God. The word of God talks about when he speaks, it sounds like thunder. What do thunder make some people do? Ooh. Right? When you hear that thunder out of nowhere, it makes you say, ooh, ooh let me get in the house. And so that's what your voice does when you begin to take on the DNA and the power of God. Your words become thunder to people's life. So when you speak, they be like, oh, let me get away from, mm-mm. He, he sound hard. She sound hateful. She sounds so, why she sound like that? It's thunder. That's why. The words that I speak go cause cause all type of destruction in your life. It's going to make you reconsider some things. Let's be honest. Some mindsets really don't want to hear the word of God because it's going to make them reconsider some things. It's going to make them reconsider that profession that they're in. Some people just want to stay on the pole, right? Some people just want to stay in the, uh, the trap house. Some people want to just stay in that pagan profession. So they reject the word of God, not because they think it's not true. Because mm -mm. every knee and every tongue will confess that he is the truth. So not that. It's because they're going to have to start to reconsider. One of the most scariest things that somebody can do coming to the age of 30 and 40 and 50, one of the most scariest things, it's not losing a job. It's not losing money. It's not losing a relationship. It's, it's to start to reconsider things. That's scary to do. It's more scary than Jason. You have to start, re you start to say things like, I know I've been in this relationship for about seven years, but maybe, just maybe, I don't, I don't think, yeah, I, I may have just wasted my, my time. 
I may have just wasted my energy. You have to start, re you, now you got to start reconsider. Okay, I can probably move out uh, in December. So let me start saving up. Mm -hmm. Let me start saving up. Some of y'all right now, you reconsidering some moves that you made. Some of y'all reconsider some lease that you got into. <laughs> Talk to us, God. Yeah, some of us reconsidering some things. Some some of us reconsidering that 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 card that cosign that you got. <laughs> you reconsidering somebody who who you got on your phone plan, and you know you reconsidering some things. Who is your roommate? You just starting to reconsider. Why? Because you're getting closer to God. Yeah. Some people who was cool to you, now all of a sudden they starting to just, you looking at them, you're like, wait a minute, they nasty. Why they live like that? See, God will start to expose. He started to shine a light on things that you really couldn't see because you was in the dark. Uh-oh. Come on, God, talk to us. Yeah. He, he was cute in the dark. She was cute in the dark. But when God started to expose that light and shine a light on things, and bring bring the light to the situation. You start to see things in a different way. You're like, wait a minute. I don't like him. Mm-mm. I, I don't like her. She, mm-mm. You start to just see him in a different light, right? That's what God does. That's what the word of God does. And because we live with the fear of being alone, we live with the fear of not knowing. We live with the fear of being in a place that's, you know, what am I going to do? We live with that fear. We, it's dominating our minds right now. I can see it dominating the world mind, but believer, you have God. But if we really, really take a deep look in our heart, we're telling God, you just not enough, though, God. Yeah, you just not enough. That's what we're really telling God. You're not enough, though, God. I know you're waking me up in the morning, and I, and I know you're forgiving me, and I know you died for my sins, but God, you, it's still not, you're not enough. That type of mindset. That type of idolatry in our lives. We are governing our lives with that. You right now are in entanglement because you feel like God is not enough. You in something, you in a battleship. You in a destruction battleship that you call a relationship. Why? Because you think God is not enough. I want you to start seeing that God is more than enough. He is the reward. But because the way we've been, we've been trained up in this. And that's why the word of God comes to tear down these mindsets. It comes to tear down these strongholds. But in our society, in our minds, rewards are money. Rewards are vacations. Rewards are uh, good jobs, big homes, nice cars, and, and that th those are nice. Don't get me wrong. Those things are nice, and I applaud everyone who got it. Great. But as a believer, 
That's not our reward. The presence of God, the mind of God, the fruits of God, the DNA of God, the essence of God, the character of God, the mouth of God, the eyes of God, that is our reward. When I'm able to move like God through this world, that should be our rewards. And so back to training, that's why we gotta begin to train ourselves, train our minds to say, okay, God, you are my reward. I messed up yesterday. Okay, but today I'm gonna get back at it. You are my reward, God. You my reward. Your presence is my reward. When I'm able to pray to you, God, I'm rewarded. When I'm, a, when I'm able to say thank you, God, that's my reward. Yeah, when I'm able to read your word, that's my reward. When I'm able to tell people about your gospel, when I'm able to tell people about Jesus, when I'm able to show people about Jesus, that's my reward. You see the work we got to get into? And do you see what we got to teach our young people? Because rewards to them is what? A lot of followers. A lot of clout. Let me keep moving and grooving through this word, though. Hope the Holy Spirit talking to you, you know. Uh, let, me, let me, where you want me to go? go. Okay. I'm going to just read some scriptures about, I'm going to just put the, these scriptures into the, uh, the atmosphere and over the culture because we don't hear about this as much. But we got to put it out there because it says, John, John chapter 3 and verse 3, J Jesus answered him. It says, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. We just letting anybody in the kingdom and you haven't been born again. You haven't accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior. That's a serious process to God. I know it's not nothing to us. But that's serious to God. You must be born again in order to receive the kingdom of God. You must be born again. Everyone at the sound of my voice, you must be born again if you're not you can't see the kingdom of god i don't care what some philosopher told you what is the word of god saying that's hard though that's i know that 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 stings that stings because we don't want it that what, what you mean i gotta be born again oh lord that stings a lot of, that's stinging our flesh right now. Because we want the kingdom without being born again. We want the lifestyle without being born again. Because being born again, guess what? You got to give something up. Some sacrifices have to happen. So have you been born again? 
John chapter 1 and verse 12 says, but to all who did receive him, who is him? Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> Start practicing that name. Jesus. Not a high power, not energy. Okay, it's Jesus. Not the man upstairs. Not your ancestries. Jesus. You got to start practicing that. You got to start training yourself to be able to say that. When people ask you, oh, are you a believer? And you just say, I'm, not, uh, I'm spiritual. I'm not religious. What does that mean? <laughs> if I hear somebody else say, if somebody, I be hearing that. Like they ask you, oh, you, you a believer? I'm spiritual. I'm not religious. What does that mean? Who do you believe in Jesus is what, is what I'm really trying to ask you. Can you just tell me if you believe in Jesus? But the, 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 the intensity on our culture is so heavy, we don't even want to say it. I'm telling you, we don't, it, it's, some, it's, it's, it's real too. This thing is so heavy on us. That's why we say things like, well, I'm spiritual. Yeah, I believe in God. I just don't believe in all that religious stuff. What you're really saying is I believe in God. I just don't believe in all that stuff that don't line up with my life, basically. So I believe in God when I need him to answer my prayers. Mm -hmm. I believe in God when he, uh, you know, forgive me. But when he started talking about repent and all that, I'm spiritual. That's religious to me. <laughs> we better stop playing with God. For real. We, we got to stop playing with God like that, y'all. You know what I'm saying? We, we really do. We got to stop playing with God like that. So, yeah, we got a lot of people. I guarantee you, I promise you this. You're going to hear that before this week is over with. Before next Monday, you're going to hear somebody say, I'm spiritual. I'm, I'm not. I'm spiritual. I'm not religious. And just ask them straight out, do you believe in Jesus? I mean, I believe, but it's like, you know, I don't believe like that because I don't know who wrote the Bible. They start saying all these other stuff that they probably just got from Instagram two days ago. They don't even know how to break it down themselves. But you know what I'm saying? It's foolish to people to believe in Jesus these days. Right? Are you ashamed of Jesus? Just ask yourself that. Are you the same with Jesus? Ask yourself that. Let me talk to my boss chicks. God want to talk to the boss chicks these days. He want to talk to the divas. Mm -hmm. He want to talk to the I'm spiritual, not religious. He want to talk to the sugar babies with a whole lot of sugar daddies. That's who God want to talk to real quick. Just real quick. I ain't go, you know, God want to holler at you. Proverbs 31 and 30. To my young ladies, you know, because I know you've been trained a certain way in our society to move. But God want to holler at you. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting. Beauty does not last. 
Your charm is deceitful. And your beauty is not going to last. But a woman who fears the Lord will be greatly praised. Because that's what y'all looking for, right? Y'all like to be praised. I get it. He's giving you the blueprint. He's giving you the blueprint if you want to be praised. Okay. Isaiah chapter 3. In verse 16. Check out. I'm going to read it and you... Ask yourself, or you figure out who he's talking to. I'm going to just read it. Isaiah chapter 3. I'm going to start at verse 16. The Lord says, not me. The Lord says, the women of Zion are haughty. When he says the women of Zion, he's talking about the women of God. He's saying they haughty. He said they got a, they got a very prideful thing about them these days. Let this hit your spirit so it can save you. Let this hit your spirit so it can save you. He said the women of Zion are hardy. He said they walk alone. They walk alone with outstretched necks. He said so they walk alone. They walking all about with their necks all out. You know, they got their necks out. They walking in church with their necks out. You know how you walk in the club? You feel me? You know, you know that walk when you first walk in the club? He said, that's how they walk before me. And you know that walk I'm talking about. When you first enter that club, you gotta, you know, you gotta make that, you gotta make that stroll through. You gotta let everybody know I'm here. And you gotta let the women know, don't play with me, right? He said, that's how they are with me. Then he says, flirting with their eyes. He said, even when they come to worship me, he said, their eyes are just wondering, though. They got wondering eyes. Even if they got husbands, they still got flirting eyes. <laughs> I, I, you can't make, I'm not making this up. It's so good. Then he says, he said, they strut along, they strutting along with swaying hips. I'm reading the New Living Translation. This is Isaiah chapter 3. I'm at verse uh, 16. He said they strutting along with their swaying hips now. He said they got their they they dresses on, son, and they just walking around with their hips, just swaying all up in the church, all up on the stage. He said they just swaying. Mm-hmm. He said you can tell some of them they, they was at the club. You can just tell the way they move on stage that, yeah, they was at the club last night. Some of them be forgetting because you'll see some of them there bust a move. You'll be like, wait a minute, what's that? <laughs> Did they just drop it? Swaying hips with ornaments jiggling on their ankles. Therefore, the Lord, oh, now this is what happens when a group of women begin to act like this towards the Lord. He says the Lord will bring swords on the heads of the women of Zion. 
the Lord will make their scalps bald. Ouch. Mm. Okay. In that day, the Lord will snatch away the finery, the bangles, and the headbands, and the necklaces, the earrings, the bracelets, the veils, the headdresses, the anklets, the sachets, the perfume bottles, the charms, the signet rings, and the nose wings. He said the fine robes. You know them robes that you put on when somebody coming through? When you're trying to be slick with it? Them robes, he said, I'm going to snatch that away too. The capes, the coats, the purses, the mirrors, and the linen garments, and the shawls. He said, I'm going to snatch all that away if y'all keep playing with me. If y'all keep coming to me with this feminist attitude, I'm going to snatch y'all that away. If y'all keep coming to me like you a boss chick, I'm going to snatch y'all that away. If you keep coming to me with this, I'm an independent woman. I don't need nobody attitude. This is God. Thus says the Lord. He said, I'm going to snatch y'all that away. You have adapted the pagan mindset of this society, woman of God. And God says, I don't, I, I, I don't approve of that. He said, instead of fragrance, there will be a stench. Instead of sash of a robe, instead of real dress hair, he said, it's going to be baldness there. Instead of fine clothing, instead of beauty and branding, he says, I'm going to snatch all that away. And then he says, your man will fall by the sword. Your warriors will be lost in battle. It's, fine. it's hard to find a good man these days, right? Mm-hmm. This is how the women of Zion is acting these days. How do I, I study to show thyself approved? I, I go around, I go, I go on these uh, platforms. I love to study the platforms. I love to study the magazines. And you hear people saying that they are believers. But the attitude is it's not of God. Just even the way they talk. So God wants you to repent of that, woman of God. You have too much of DNA inside of you to be acting like that. And I, and I get it. We get caught up in certain things, but God said, that's not of me. Woman of, woman of God. Mm -hmm. We got some things we need to work on. You, you, I, I've been letting you, you know, slide a little bit, you know, God, and we got to thank him for letting us slide, right? He said, I've been letting you slide. I've been letting you have your fun, but come on now. You know what I expect of you. Mm -hmm. You know what I think? Go get your key back. Two, stop playing. Go get your key back. <laughs> Go and yeah, you know. Yeah, get get your top drawer back. <laughs> oh, I'm just having some fun. Okay, I'm a uh, 
I'm going to stop with y'all, but I'm going to go to the fellas real quick because we need this, and then I'll let y'all go. All right. I'm going to let y'all go, man. But, yeah, go get your key back. Stop playing. Uh, guy, I want to ask you fellas, since you've been with her, a couple of questions he want to ask you. Since you've been with her, since you've been kicking it with her, since you've been talking to her, all these type of things, okay? Have you been able to open up the word of God and teach her about it? Is the word of God a focus in your relationship? Man of God, this woman that you with, right? Can the word of God be a focus point in your relationship? Ephesians chapter 5 and 26 says, to make her holy and clean, wash her by the cleansing of God's word. Can you do that with her? Or is there debates when you try to preach the word of God to her? Not preach it, but just share the word of God with her. Is there debates? Is there attitude? What God wants to see is, at the end of this, uh, what he's asking you, why are you still in this with her? See, we're supposed to be leading our godly women. That's what we're supposed to be doing. Leading our, we're supposed to be washing them in the word of God. How can we wash them in the word of God and we don't even know it? Or we don't even like to live it. Are you able to open up the word of God with the woman that you're with? Or do you just open up her legs? And you may say, well, I tried to do that. But, you know, she's not, she not a believer like that. My question is, well, why are you still with her? Why do you want to be unequally yoked? Next question God wants to ask you, man of God. Have you been able to produce things for the kingdom of God together? When you see both of y'all together, does it have like a kingdom impact on the world around you? See, because when, when two come together, it should be a whole force that comes behind that, that producing kingdom things. Do you produce love? Do you produce joy? Is there peace? Is there patience? Is there kindness? Is there goodness? Is there faithfulness? Not just between you two, but to everyone around you. That's what you bring. That's the type of environment that you bring. This woman that you're walking with, do you produce the kingdom of God with her? Or are you just producing worldly things that's just go fade? You just producing vacations. You just producing uh, VIP sections. You just producing getaway hotel suites. Or your one hour suites. You remember those one? Yeah, I know them. Them hotels, them one hours. 
when they call say check out thine check out check out thine is that the only thing you produce 59.99 <laughs> and then y'all go to jack in the box afterwards is that the only thing you produce three egg rolls the ultimate cheeseburger meal is that the only thing you produce you're better than that and she's better than that okay has she inspired or motivate you to be more godly and seek God like never before? Does she inspire you to do that? Matthew chapter 6 and 33 says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Do she inspire you to do that? Or do she just inspire you to seek what she wants? See, a woman of God will help you seek God in the kingdom will help you produce the kingdom. A woman who's not of the kingdom will only want you to produce things that she wants. So have you been producing the kingdom? Have you been seeking after God like never before? Have you been doing it? In Mark chapter 12 and verse 30, it says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. Are you able to do that with her? Or do she take all your strength? Do she take all your mind? Do she take all your heart? And do she take all your soul? It's a bad place to be in when you give another person your soul. Oh, my God. That is a terrible place to be in, man of God. To my young man, my young man out there, be careful giving your soul and your strength away to Jezebel's. Be careful. In Proverbs 31 and verse 3, Solomon Mama was telling him that he said, she said, don't spend your strength on women, on those who ruin kings. He said, she's, hey, don't be out here just spending your strength and your money on all these women, son. Get you one, settle down, and you know, grow with her. But the eyes of God is seeing a lot of men out here. You spending too much time and strength on Jezebel's. You spending too much time and strength and energy on Pornhub. You spending too much time and strength and money in the strip club. That's going to ruin kings. That's ruining our kings. Come on, man of God, you got to get up out of there. You got a community you got to take care of. You got a family you got to take care of, bro. What you doing? You didn't gave her your whole paycheck? What's, how your people go eat? How the camp go eat? All she had to do is do a split? Oh, you not fit to be a king. Oh, no, 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 no. See, we didn't mistake it. We didn't mistake somebody throwing a lot of money in the club as prospering. You just threw a lot of money. You just threw away some that can build your society, your culture, your family, because she can do a split or she can twerk it real good? Come on, you got to ask for self-control, bro. 
You got to ask for self-control, though. Last, has she inspired you to do the will of God and not just do her? I want you to listen to this verse, uh, man of God, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and 3. It is God's will. We, have, we go over this verse a lot of times because a lot of us are looking for God's will. And, but look at what his will is. This is. These are little things that God tells us. This is my will for your life right now. That you should be sanctified and that you should stay away from sexual sin. Some of us, I'm telling you, again, I'm going to keep, we just need to stop being a freak. That is the will of God for your life right now. Your sanctification, young man. When he said, taste and see that the Lord is good, he wasn't talking about that woman. That's what you thought? The will of God for your life is your sanctification. Let me tell you something. You laying down with all these women, been there, done that, by the way. That's why I'm talking to you. See, you're adapting all these feminine traits. You're transferring all these feminine traits. And they getting out of your masculine trait. You see the switch. All these feminine traits, you're exchanging all these traits and all these, your soul and all these type of things happen. That's why God is so serious about the sexual sin. God say, my will for your life is your sanctification. But you just been worrying about ejaculation. That's all you've been worried about. Is that all you can produce with her? And if you can do those things, this is what God told me. He said, if you can do those things with a woman, why you can't marry her? I'll never forget that's I, I heard it so loud and clear. And it's like, again, I had to reconsider. I had to reconsider. If you can do all those things with her, you taking her here, you doing this with her, you doing that with her, you doing that with her, you taking her there, you spending money like that, why you just won't marry her? I mean, you already doing uh, husband stuff with her. Just marry her. But you know why we don't want to get married? Because we still want to be down low freaks. <laughs> Is that too much? Okay, that's too much. It's the truth, though. You know what I'm saying? We really, it's really like, hey, but I still may, I, I still, it's still some more out there for me. It's not. You Listen, we're getting old. Sooner or later, you're going to have to take pills in order to, uh, you know, do what you got to do, right? Let's just be honest. So you want to go ahead and get with somebody who you can build with and be able, she be able to accept your flaws and your knees and your back when it start hurting and your, you know, your receding hairline and all these things. Y'all know what I'm talking about? See, some of us go, we think we going to be cute forever. You think you're going to have those muscles forever. You think you're going to have that smile forever. Them braces, they work, but they, you know, the new gaps come back. I, they, oh my God. It, we not going to be fine forever. So get with somebody who they get you when you fine. And so when them looks start to fade, they still say, you are so handsome to me. Because <laughs> y'all going to mess around and keep waiting and keep waiting. 
and she goes start seeing that your your uh, ears are really big. She go really start seeing. Wait a minute, he mm -mm. why his nose like that? That's why you want to settle down early. See, I got remise early before I got ugly. <laughs> so you get what I'm saying by ten. Cause I get, I give myself like ten more years. Let's be real. I give myself, I give myself about uh ten more years, and that's when that uh you know that old stage, everything start to sag, and you know the muscles start to disappear, knees start hurting, back hurting. You know you start snoring and stuff. That ain't sexy. It ain't sexy. But what happens is they already they love you. They respect you. Some of y'all finna wait till you 40 and I almost 45 and then want to settle down. Hey, go ahead and get you somebody to settle down with right now. Because guess what? These women want to get married. They can, look, don't let them fool you with all that. I mean, man, women want to get married. They don't want to be out here loose with it like that. They wasn't uh, made to be loose with it, just busting it open for every old other dude. They want to be married. They want to be led. They want somebody to teach them. How you know? what The word of God says that. They want somebody to grow a family with so they can nurture their kids. You know, they want to take pictures and, you know, show off on Instagram and be like family, you know. They want, they secretly want a family so their girlfriends can hate too. <laughs> oh my God. Okay, check. Hey, hey, man of God, for real though. Check out this verse though, man of God, real talk. In Ecclesiastes chapter seven and verse twenty six, for those who those man of God who just those people who ignore God, the, the man who just ignore God and they feel like they all it, they they a gift to uh to women and they feel like they don't need God. They making money. They that do. Look what God says. I discovered. That a seductive woman is a trap. It is a trap. More bitter than death. Oh my God. Her passions is a snare. And her soft hands are chains. Those who are pleasing to God will escape her. So God say, if you're doing my will, you will escape this woman whose soft hands are a trap. Who passions become a snare see you was raised to think that passion and sex was something good now nah, it's a snare in your life brother you was made to think those soft hands that's all on your back right now is something good now nah, those are chains my brother you might as well go ahead and be locked up those are chains but those who are pleasing to God would escape her. But sinners, those who are disrespectful to him, will be caught in her snare. Mm. I'm just letting I'm just letting that just sink in for a little bit. You will be caught in her snare. Right? We've been calling her snare. Let me tell you what you need to do.
If you've been caught in this woman's snare, God is talking to you right now, man of God. This is what you need to do. Because you've been caught in her snare, right? You've been caught in it. What you been doing? What you been doing? I think you better let it go. Thank you better let it go. Hey, I appreciate y'all coming out to the underground, a place to hear the word of God before you go six feet underground. Who am I? <laughs> I ain't nobody special, man. I'm just a voice of one calling out in the wilderness of America, saying repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, the underground. I'm not 